Well, howdy, Hootah Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootah Thunkin' Podcast coming at you. Uh, my name is Zeb. This is episode 168, titled Corpse Flowers. Um, pretty exciting. I think it's a cool little topic. Not much to talk about, but enough. Enough to get you interested, I hope. It got me interested just hearing the name, Corpse Flower, like a dead corpse. For Before we get into the flowers, though, let's do that recommendation segment. This week, I recommend you get a world map. Uh, <laughs> normally, I recommend movies, TV shows, books, what have you. Uh, but sometimes I do a, a recommend experiences that may not be a commercial experience. This, um, a little, even a little bit different here. Whether it's a poster, a globe, or perhaps, you know, the background on your phone, I don't, I don't know. Have somewhere in your regular routine a world map that you see. I recommend you have a world map somewhere in your life that you see on a regular basis. I have one right now looking at it. It's right above my uh, home office computer. And I think having it there helps me keep a global perspective in a way. And it is easy for us to get into a super local mindset where the things right in front of us uh, become the only things we worry about and try to fix. On a practical level, it makes sense. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to focus on your home and the people in your daily life right in front of you. But I think it, it is healthy to realize every once in a while that the world is big. It's a big place. All 8.1 billion of us inhabit this earth. And having that fact in the back of your mind has allowed me to be more empathetic to strangers, my fellow humans. It also helps me ease my anxiety that stems from my everyday problems. Because yes, I have X amount of tasks to do at work. Yes, the grass needs mowed. Yes, I need to get groceries today, yada, yada, yada. All those things need to get done. That is a fact. And it's not a bad thing to do those things and focus on those things. But realizing the other fact that our world is huge and the entire world is filled with 8.1 billion other people dealing with similar everyday problems, some easier than mine and a lot being much more difficult than mine, gives me a peace of mind because my problems seem a lot smaller in the big scheme of things. I don't know. Maybe having a world map hanging on your wall won't be the same, won't have the same effect on you as it does on me. Or maybe it will. Allow me to take you to a corner of our world, a wonderful globe that you may not have heard of much before. The island of Sumatra is where this week's main event begins. See how I did that segment? <laughs> The <laughs> recommendation segment didn't necessarily have much to do with today's topic, but it is about the world. And guess what? Almost everything I talk about is about the world. Some things in space, but this this one's about an island in, uh, in Indonesia called Sumatra. The Indonesian island of Sumatra has a native plant that can only be found there. The Titan Arum, a.k.a. the corpse flower. The technical name is, um, give, me, give me a second here. My Latin's not the best. Amorph... <laughs> Amorphophallus titanum has also been dubbed the corpse bride, corpse plant, and the world's smelliest flower. Unfortunately, the very common story of habitat loss has caused this awe-inspiring plant to become very rare to spot in its natural habitat. The corpse flower is classified as endangered, with fewer than 1,000 individuals left in the wild. Thankfully, though, due to its spectacular nature, makes it popular, and advances in horticultural technology, in recent decades, it has found homes in botanical gardens all over the world. Once again, talking about the world, the world map ties into the recommendation segment. 
<laughs> anyway, I digress. Cool pictures of this thing are on the blog, but if you want to, if you're just listening and you have your phone, Google, um, you can just Google corpse flower. It looks really cool. I mean, it's really cool. It looks like it inspired some Pokemon, and I think it did. Some other corpsey smelling flowers definitely directly inspired like Pokemon type creatures from Japan and J Japanese fiction. The corpse flower is huge. Now, this is one of the things that makes it so spectacular. We're talking up to 12 feet tall. Okay, that's two really tall dudes standing on top of each other is as tall as this flower. Pretty amazing. The Titan Arum's inflorescence can, meaning it's like main spike flower thing, can reach more than 10 feet in height. And just the leaf structure alone can reach up to 20 feet tall and 16 feet across. The plant's underground stem, or corm, C-O-R-M, can weigh up to 110 pounds. This is immense. This is not just some little daisy in your in your garden, okay? It's called the quartz flower because when it flowers, and when its flower unfurls, it has little like little male and female flowers at the base of its immense spike and it gives off they each one of them gives off this nasty smell that mimics the stench of rotting flesh. How cool is that? I kind of like macabre stuff. So <laughs> a flower that smells like dead people kind of brutal. Um also, I don't feel bad, you know, because there's no actual dead people. It's a flower that smells like dead people. Kind of cool. Some say it smells uh, a lot like, more like stinky laundry, like really stinky laundry. The plant smell has also been likened to Limburger cheese, which is a <laughs> really smelly cheese, garlic, rotting flesh, rotting fish, and smelly feet. <laughs> the feet flower doesn't sound as cool. The corpse flower, that is a name. That's why it's the most popular name for this thing. The corpse flower scent, oh, this is from discovery.com. The corpse flower scent is a chemical combination of dimethyl trisulfide, uh, isovaleric acid, dimethyl disulfide, uh, benzyl alcohol, indole, and trimethylamine. <laughs> I'm trying my best at the chemical stuff. <laughs> I'm not good at pronouncing. The odor is meant to mimic decomposition in order to attract its native pollinators. That's carrion beetles and flesh flies who are drawn to the smell of decaying meat. So that's the whole idea. Kind of brutal. You have these insects, these little uh, carrion beetles and flesh flies that like to go to dead stuff and eat the dead stuff. So it makes sense, evolutionary speaking, flowers that didn't smell nice and, and, and smell good to us, um, they didn't do so well because their native pollinators weren't, you know, bees and stuff that were attracted to things that we like to smell. They were these beetles that, that you know, they're attracted to stuff that tells them it smells like meat. So these sort of like carnivorous insects inhabit this island of Sumatra. So the, the plants evolved with those insects to smell like dead stuff. <laughs> the potency... Sorry, a lot of that wasn't from Discovery. Again, back to Discovery.com. One more paragraph here. The potency of the stench gradually increases from late evening until the middle of the night when pollinators are most active. The smell tapers off in the morning. So there you go. Discovery gives you an idea of all those chemical names as to why it smells like dead stuff. The Titus Arum doesn't abide by your typical flowering cycle. Young plants can't take up to a or can take up to a decade for their first bloom to occur and that's just for those, you know, the, the baby plants. The mature ones, uh, corpse flowers, take years to bloom again, and they aren't easily predicted. And that makes the plant nerds really excited when they do bloom, you know, that and its gigantic size, and it's really a rare smell. So, you know, these are kind of like rock stars in the bo botanical world. They're huge, 
just I mean, I think I I read on some museum, some botanical gardens uh, website, people of all ages like these things. You bring in a little kid, a little three year old kid who's been walking through a botanical garden. And I don't know, I don't I don't think most kids like botanical gardens. I know I didn't. But even, you know, even ones that don't like botanical gardens, probably like, oh, boring, green stuff, leaves, whatever you see. If a little kid, a little three year old sees this thing, they'll be like, whoa, it's huge. It's 12 feet tall. It's like it's like um, yellow and red and all these different colors. And it looks really cool. So a three year old be like, yay. And then you got like 80 year olds going like, I've waited years to see this. This is truly amazing. What, what a beautiful planet we're on and a lot more complex thoughts. But that's the beauty of these things. Everybody likes them. There's so many different things to like. You could be um, it could be a spectacle for you to look at its size or its its or smell it or, you know, its colors or how rare it is. All those things attract so many different people and all those combining factors make it, like I said, a rock star in the botanical world, which I'm not usually a plant guy, but this thing looks cool. People wait in huge lines with expensive cameras at the ready whenever these things bloom. Flower enthusiasts travel from all over the world to witness this infrequent occurrence. Visitors will return day after day to conservatories, greenhouses, and botanical gardens with a predicted corpse flower bloom so as not to miss that short window. And we'll talk about that. It's not very long. It doesn't bloom very long. People wait for years. Right now, there are two of these uh, Titus Irams blooming in California, or there were right around July 4th. One is in San Francisco at the San Fran Conservatory of Flowers. San Fran's corpse flower named Scarlet bloomed in 2019 last, and they, she began blooming again earlier this week. Uh, that was like 4th of July week. And the other one was in San Diego. So just this month, two went off in the same month or yeah, the same month. So it's very in the same state. So that's pretty rare. And that's why it's been in the news a lot lately. Of course, I'm reading this stuff a little late to the game <laughs> a couple weeks after, but you can still see it's shriveled remains of the flower. Um, like I said, the other one's in San Diego Botanical Gardens. This plant, uh, to my knowledge, wasn't named, which is kind of sad. You should name this thing. <laughs> I name my a lot of my plants. But it, and it's already shriveled. It last bloomed in 2021. So California had a big boom of corpse flowers. From NPR.com, I'm going to be them heavily here. What are people saying? Well, Ari Novi, president and CEO at the San Diego Botanical Garden, spoke to NPR's Daniel Estrin about witnessing the symphony of stench in real time. His own description of the corpse flowers perfume. So this is like the CEO, president. He's, a, you know, spends a lot of his time thinking about plants. This is what he said. The way I describe it is it smells like if you took your teenager's dirty laundry and you put it in a big black garbage bag and then you added in some hamburger meat, maybe some fish, a little garlic and some Parmesan cheese. And you left that by the side of the road on a very hot desert day for about 24 hours. And then you came back to it. That's not even exaggerating. That is really what the smell was. <laughs> Nobody else could describe that better than that guy, Ari Novi, <laughs> on why the corpse flower has evolved to smell this rank again. Quote, there are insects out there that really like the smell of rotting flesh or other fetid or rotting odors, and those insects can pollinate plants. There are several plants that utilize this strategy of using rotting flesh odors that humans find repulsive to attract a bunch of insects who actually love that smell. On the public reaction to the bloom, this is like the, the rock star plant of the plant world. It's kind of like a panda if you were in a zoo. It's amazing. People come from all over the place. 
we had one bloom about 18 months ago and a guy saw it on the webcam in Texas and immediately got in his car so that he could make it for the blooming. And he drove day and night and got to San Diego 14 hours later. This plant really brings out people. And for a smell that's so putrid and disgusting for human beings, somehow we're still pretty attracted to it. So those are quotes from the guy who thinks a lot about plants and what it was like for him both seeing come from all over the place. Um, so it's pretty cool. And I got to say, I would love to smell it. Unfortunately, the blooms uh, were happening around the 4th of July, and these events don't last forever. The rare, uh, This rare event only lasts 24 to 36 hours. Generally, the flower will open mid-afternoon and stay open all through the, the night into the next morning. The whole reason they are so popular is because they are rare. They're uh, beautiful, stenchy brilliance doesn't last long at all. You can visit their uh, shriveling remains of their bloom, but no stench can be smelt at this point. Bummer. I actually wanted to smell this artificial dead stink. I think it'd be kind of cool. Novi says, uh, says, better luck next time if you want to smell it at this point in the blooming cycle. It's done with its formal flowering. The flowers have done their work, and so it doesn't have to, it doesn't have that much of a smell. There's some residual, but the real pungent punch typically comes in the evening, early morning, in the first and second nights of flowering. I have a picture on the blog that goes through the whole cycle of this corpse flower, the uh, Titus Arums. Uh, but blooming does not mark the end of the corpse flower's life cycle. If pollinated, the Titan Arum will produce fruit for about the next nine months around the fruit. Uh, or once the fruit has ripened, the plant will die and emerge again as a leaf after a year-long period of dormancy, then begin its life cycle again. Corpse flowers are in cultivation in Europe, North, North and South America, Australia, and Asia. Check out your local botanical garden to see a, see a corpse flower near you. And I do. I think I might. I, that would be so cool if Shannon and I were, you know, visiting somewhere or maybe just going around Pittsburgh and I caught wind that a corpse flower is blooming i would go um usually botanical gardens they don't gouge you too bad i from what i saw from prices you some of them are free to go into um but even ones that aren't it's not like they're going to charge you hundreds of dollars to see this thing it's going to be the usual price of admission to see it uh, but it will be what draws in crowds so yeah i thought that was cool um hope you liked it it's a very nice, you know, sometimes I cover, you know, torture camps in World War II, or sometimes I cover things that are super technically hard to, to, to understand, um, even for me, as I read them. This is just a flower that's pretty cool. Thought you'd like it. Hope you enjoyed Who the Thunkers. Until next week. <laughs>